0: This episode of The Stable Podcast is brought to you by Hard Cut Supps. Hard Cut Subs prides themselves on their mission to deliver high-quality, open-label products to become a means to help their customers achieve any fitness-related goal through proper supplementation. Congratulations to follower Eric Hudlin, at Eric underscore Hudlin, for winning our first giveaway of Hard Cut Supps' Dosed Maxed Out Pre-Workout Formula. Thanks for listening to The Stable Podcast. On this week's Stable Podcast, both Jarrett and I will go over a full rundown of Western Michigan University's 2017 football schedule and talk about where we think the Broncos will end up in the Mid-American Conference. Also, we'll talk Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford signing the richest contract in NFL history and what we think about the recent development. In addition, we'll talk about our personal drafts in fantasy football and answer a few of your personal questions from the Fantasy Focus account. So sit back, pour yourself a tall glass of Kool-Aid, and let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 14 of The Stable Podcast. We're recording a little bit earlier this week. Uh, I was able to grab Jarrett before he went to the gym to get his swole on. Um, Jarrett, what's going on today? You said you had a little bit of a busy, hectic day at work. It was busy, but I'm pumped
1: because today was my Thursday. Tomorrow was my Friday, and then on Friday in California, I'm leaving to go down to L.A. to watch Western Michigan play USC, so I'm pumped.
0: It looks like the football team's already there. They rolled in. They had a police escort through Los Angeles traffic.
1: It didn't. Even, that's not Los Angeles traffic. I looked at the picture.
0: <laughs> it's like it's open freeway. I've been in Los Angeles traffic and it's literal bumper to bumper. And that was the the easiest traffic they've ever gone through.
1: But let them have their moment. They're in. They're in L.A. They're living it up, living the dream. I bet you it's a lot. It's the first for a lot of those kids to ever step foot in California. So enjoy it.
0: It's probably the first for a lot of those kids to travel west of the Mississippi. So, I mean, it's a huge opportunity for them. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, but it's going to be an exciting opportunity to be down there, especially go to the Coliseum. You've, you haven't been to the Coliseum before, have you?
1: I haven't. I haven't even been to, to Southern California. Really? In NorCal, yeah.
0: Well, that'll be fun, I'm man. Get
1: that... my, my, I'm going to hop on the 5 and head south. Shut up. And then get off at USC and just enjoy Cali, bro.
0: And then are you going to bring your longboard, too?
1: Totally. <laughs> it's some gnarly ra- waves.
0: Grab some waves. Chill on the beach. You waves drink- and raves, bro. Waves and raves. What beer are you going to drink
1: while you're down there? While I'm down there?
0: Yeah.
1: Or right now, what are we What are we sipping are you, on? Are you,
0: you going to drink what you're drinking right now when you go yeah. to the USC?
1: Coast to coast. <laughs> I'm sipping on Loganita's IPA in Petaluma, California. That's where it's out of. It's delicious. Nice hoppy flavor. I think you're sipping on an IPA also, aren't you?
0: Yeah, dude. We both went dark this week. I'm I'm drinking a Founders All Day IPA, probably one of the most popular IPAs in Michigan away from uh, the Two-Hearted. I love, I, IPA. love yeah.
1: I love that one. I went back for 4th of July, and that's what everyone was drinking, but I was drinking um, Bush Light all day. What? And, I, and then I switched to All Day IPA, and it was so strong and overpowering. It was yeah. like... <laughs> Totally. When you, when you switch from drinking water to a, a heavy IPA, it hits you like that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Bush Light's like ditch water. It's like carbonated canned ditch water. That's what I drank, like, in high school. <laughs> it was available. <laughs> All right, we got a full schedule lineup today. We are targeting our WMU audience. Uh, we spoke about it last week and gave a quick preview, and uh, we actually want to do a full schedule rundown of Western Michigan University football in lieu of the – uh, coming USC game this Saturday uh, A lot of WMU talk this week We want to go over basically what we think we're going to be overall uh, In terms of scheduling and in our conference After that we kind of want to talk about the Matthew Stafford contract He just recently signed the largest and richest contract in NFL history Kind of mixed reviews coming out of the Detroit media I think Jarrett and I are relatively on the same page In regards to what we believe And, and how we uh, you know kind of think about uh, the signing of the contract and then we're going to wrap it up with some fantasy football. Both Jarrett and I have gone through – you've done one draft, right? Just one? Just one. So we've both done one draft, and we were going to talk about our results, talk about you know how, ways we could have improved, ways we could have kind of changed our roster a little bit, and then uh, plans for our future drafts that we have coming up in the next coming week, especially one on Sunday in a league that we've just been uh, inducted into – Sly Diggity! With with Chris Sly. And you know what? I
1: love the way you it Sly Diggity.
0: We don't to bag it up. We need to make that like a legitimate theme song for Sly. (laughs) I think we can record that. That'll be like our Matthew barry intro to this podcast. Matthew. (laughs) Matthew, huh? Huh? What's that? We're the only podcast
1: around here. (laughs) That's Pod Daltr. We don't talk about other podcasts.
0: All right, let's start talking Western Michigan University football. We have a pretty stacked schedule this year. Our first four weeks alone as our non-conference schedule, the first two weeks, are probably two of the biggest games uh, that WMU's seen in the past, I-, I would say, four or five years, outside of playing MSU, what, it was three three years ago?
1: Yeah, thanks, PJ Fleck, for putting us against one of the top teams in the nation, then leaving. Appreciate yeah. it. We got, a, we got a nice scoreboard out of it, but still, just...
0: <laughs> we did get a really nice scoreboard out of it. I oh, mean, that's, that's for real. So
1: we get we get to open up against USC. If it's, I haven't mentioned, if I haven't mentioned, I'll be there.
0: It's going to be fun though. Like this is, I look at this opportunity as like I think PJ Fleck would have loved to be there, and I think it was his intent to be there. But I still think it's a good opportunity to put Western on a national stage on like a Saturday. Exposure. It's all about exposure. Look
1: how many how many views we got when because of, because of Corey Davis alone with the draft the national exposure just television so people from california are going to be seeing western michigan oh where's that school they google it they find out oh they have a program i like and it might if we get two kids from california to come out come over to Kalamazoo because they saw this game it's a win
0: yeah, and it's going to be huge. for the. I mean, we're playing on a national stage, like you said, with the exposure. Uh, it's cool to see us going to the Coliseum. I think this is a huge opportunity right before school starts for the university itself to do some cool promotion, cool marketing in Los Angeles. Um, you're going to be able to have West Coast alumni come to this game and be able to see the Broncos, which they probably haven't seen in however long they've been on the West Coast. But let's just kind of kick it off, Jarrett. Let's say what we think our records are going to be. Um, if you want, we can flip a coin to who goes first. Oh, it's heads. Uh, Jarrett's going first.
1: <laughs> All right. Don't laugh, but I I think we're gonna go twelve and one with a Holy. chance to with a chance to play in a, a New Year's Bowl game again.
0: Holy and, shit, dude.
1: And listen, if we can hang with USC, which I honestly think we can, and USC has a really good season, if they finish undefeated, that that boosts our strength of schedule immensely. Well, I think the only loss is going to be USC. Honestly,
0: I think that's a lot for me. That's that's a ton for me to take in because I have at best, I have at best with a win in East Lansing, ten and two. But well, we did it last year. What's that? We we went undefeated last year. Why can't
1: we do it again? Besides that first game, so you lose that first game to USC. Stay healthy. Hope,
0: I hope you're being I hope there's a hint of sarcasm in the "Why can't we do it again?" to the unde, undefeated season.
1: No, it's not at all. Why, tell me why. We have our returning defense. We have a strong running game.
0: It's a totally new program, Jared. It's
1: not. It's the same kids. It's just a new coaching staff.
0: No, which, it's not. It's not the same kids. We, we even talked about it last week to where the besides, defense has a similar look, but our offense is completely different outside of what our center and tackles
1: but I, in the I backfield. Think, I, trust me. I think once the season gets started, you'll see how much talent we have returning.
0: All right, I have them at best going ten and two. Um, that's with the win in East Lansing. Without the win in East Lansing, I have them at nine and three. But at worst, uh, I do have them at a seven and five. My realistic gut wants to say eight and four. They're going to go six and two in the Mid American Conference. Six and two. Yeah, I think. I think we're going to see a loss to Toledo at the, at the end of the year. Um, it's going to be the day after Thanksgiving on Friday, November 24th. I do think the Toledo Rockets are going to be a hot team this year, especially with Logan Woodside under center. And I would say it's going to be a toss-up between Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois as to we're going to lose one of them um, in the MAC. I think especially since we have a later buy, they're going against Ball State, Buffalo, Akron. Um, which is kind of a gauntlet, especially for a team that's not used to playing consistently. I mean, we're having players that were like getting reps in last year that are now going to be starting. Um, that's putting a lot on their back, and I know there, there's a lot of sophomores and juniors and some seniors in that mix. But I think it's going to be a little difficult to where we might drop the ball on that EMU. I mean, they went seven and six last year, um, four and four in the MAC, and Eastern's not a joke of a program as much as we think anymore. They're no, kind I- of building and. Uh,
1: I do agree. I do agree. If, if we're going to lose any conference games, it's going to be at the end. Um, one issue I have with Mac scheduling is how they keep scheduling these stupid Wednesday games. I know it's, it's for exposure and max and blah, blah, blah. But we both were, the last two years, we attended school and we were college students. And we saw how the crowd turnout for those games was terrible. Luckily, we have four of our hardest conference games in the last five games with three of them on the road. So hopefully since they're on the road, the fan turnout's not as, as good and creating there's not as much of a home field advantage for those teams. I do think it helps us being playing Toledo the last game, the day after Thanksgiving, because as we saw, it's gonna be the weather's probably gonna be miserable outside games. That works in our advantage because we're a running team and I don't think people are gonna show up, honestly. To Toledo? Yeah, because look well look how we, we hosted the games after Thanksgiving and no one showed up.
0: I, I'll contest that. Last year, I mean, I, I went to Western for three years, and I saw three Thanksgiving games. Last year was the single exception. That stadium was jam-packed, and that's exactly. only because an undefeated season was looming. Exactly. exactly. So you never know. So,
1: Mac, Mac is crazy. You. We don't know how Central Mission is going to be without Cooper Rush. We don't know how Northern Illinois is going to be this year. We don't know how good Toledo is going to be after losing Kareem Hunt and um, was the title Mike? Is it Michael Roberts? Right, the Lions draft. Yeah,
0: from Toledo. Yeah,
1: he had a, so many touchdown receptions last year. So we just don't know what to expect. Eastern I think that's is a, a big thing. A program, is Eastern is a program on the rise. I agree with that. So we'll see.
0: The hard thing to consider about the Mid American Conference, and this also applies for Western Michigan, and that's kind of why I apply the uh, the idea of going eight and four and six and two in the MAC is. When you lose key players in the Mid American Conference, it directly affects how you're going to perform the next year, and that's why I think it's going to be hard. Because you you look at like Big Ten programs, and they're okay; they can plug it in because they have the recruits and they have the they already are teaching these players and these young studs to to work in those starting positions. But the MAC's kind of shaky with something like that, and that's why I kind of. I'm not nervous with Western because it did kind of like settle my my hesitation last week when we talked about the death chart, which uh, since then, Western Michigan has released their official death chart. And, Jarrett, you were like spot on
1: just in the back end.
0: So what do you think is going to go on week two against the Spartans? I think especially with MSU coming off like I, you're in your uh, you're a green fan. You're a Spartan dog. You're an MSU guy. Um, so talk about what you think is going to go on in week two, especially since you think we're going to come out with a win against MSU. Do you not have faith that this team is going to have any show any improvement from last season? MSU? Yeah. I mean, they went three and nine. They're garbage. (laughs) They lost
1: three starters, three true freshmen with the, um, the sexual assault allegations and who knows where that case is going, but they lost an all American freshman, Donnie Corley at receiver. They have all returning, basically, freshman receivers coming back. Um, they have a good running game. Their defense is young. They have one starting one, one senior starter on defense, so they're a young team. A lot of the players that they recruited from that area, Ohio, they focus on Ohio a lot. Fleck was in recruiting battles with them. Uh, Joey Bocce, one of their backup linebackers, was actually committed to Western then flipped. So they don't have this talent they used to have in the, in the past. So I want to see how they perform their first game, but I just think it's a young team, inexperienced, and not, Western is way more experienced at every position.
0: Yeah, they're the one team that I have the asterisk next to, um, outside of the EMU-NIU flip with the loss. Um, I even have an asterisk in my notes saying, like, it, you know, they could go 10-2 and outside of their at-best 9-3. and I think 10-2 and is a great record for them to have, especially after the program's done as many flips as they have. Yeah, I agree. But, seeing MSU in that first game is very, very important when determining what's going to happen in week two.
1: And, Boof, I said, so if you told me to bet an amount of money that I valued, I wouldn't say 12-1. I'd say 9-3. Okay, and, and that's
0: what I have at best. So we're so, kind of I mean, on the same page there. I, would, I, wouldn't be I, mean, surpr-
1: 12- I wouldn't be surprised if they only lost one game. Like, it wouldn't shock me because I, I, I feel this team is good enough. And I think they have a lot of young players who played some last year, so as the season goes on. Those guys are just going to get more experience and become better, like like I said, Luke Sanders, the true freshman, he's a backup wide receiver, and I could easily see him starting And, I, and you, we've seen in the past how freshman receivers can come in these kids eighteen year olds are more and more prepped for college than ever. I was watching uh, ESPN and they had the high school showcase, and I see kids from Florida and um, Oklahoma, these linemen who are six foot five, six foot six, three hundred pounds. I'm like, oh my gosh. Eighteen year olds. Ridiculous. So I mean I would not be monsters. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this season because we don't know what we're gonna get. We knew last year what we were gonna get.
0: That's very true. We we knew we were gonna be the studs. We were favored in uh, the Mac preseason polls as winning it all. Um, this season we are favored second in the Western Conference behind Toledo. So that's super interesting to see that we're still up in that top two, like we're right up there. I think it was we were only like twenty votes off from being in the first. Um, which is, I, I mean, it's huge, especially for everything this program's gone through. Like I've, I've mentioned several times in the past.
1: Also, look at Fleck. He was a, a wide receivers coach, right? Yeah. He developed wide receivers. He tried to develop quarterbacks. Had no success with it at all. He used. He used I wouldn't
0: a, say he and, had no success. He, that was
1: Cubitt's quarterback that he recruited. All the recruits that he brought in are gone. So, like I said, you bring in Lester, the quarterback whisperer. He has a, a true freshman as a backup right now. Um, you have Kevin Johns, who had one of the top offenses at Indiana as an offensive coordinator, and at Northwestern, and he just comes in with this this plethora of this of talent in his arsenal. So who knows? He has, a, like we said a loaded backfield, he has speedsters at wide receiver, and they're just raw raw talent. So let's let's see what we get. I'll be interested in a, in a couple of weeks to come back and visit this and see how we're still feeling. And, and you know, like I'm saying, after the USC game, after MSU. And then I don't think I, Idaho's not going to be anything. Neither will um,
0: Wagner. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention is weeks three and four. I think I think this is the point because we're definitely going to struggle with USC. There's, there's no way in hell we walk into USC and get blown out, A, or steal a victory easily, B. I think that both of those scenarios are naive to, to propose um msu is going to be again a struggle but i think it's going to be less of a struggle than usc once we get to weeks three and four with idaho and wagner i think we're going to get off to this sprint both idaho and wagner being Sun Belt and northeast conference teams i think we're going to clip on through um ball state buffalo and akron come up after that before the emu game which is in question which comes right before bye week so i think this is when we're going to get off to that sprint and that jog and start knocking off some wins the big game that's on our schedule uh, comes Wednesday, November first, against the Central Michigan University Chippewas. Uh, went six and seven last year, three and five in the MAC. This is a game that uh, it's that starts of that midweek MAAC-tion. um We're only going to have four days off before we actually play. It. Or no, this comes after the bye week, so that that doesn't apply. That would apply the next week with a week uh, after Kent State. But Central's probably the one team that we're really going to have to look out for. Uh, do you have yeah, any comment on that?
1: I, I think they're overrated. Really? They lo- They're losing. They're starting. They're one of their best quarterbacks of all time. There.
0: I think it's still a threat being the time it is. I mean, it's, gonna, it's an evening game on a Wednesday. I think that's going to be difficult for collegiate athletes to, you know. And it's going to be difficult for Central, too. It's not just solely but based a, on it's, you
1: know, Western. It's at, but. it's at home, and it's a rivalry game. So you know it's going to be packed. You know it's going to be packed. Okay. They might as well cancel class on Thursday and Friday because kids aren't going to go.
0: <laughs> I wrote an article about that um, And I actually spoke to a couple people at Western And they said that that was like unrealistic They'd never do anything like that And I hope they do just to prove me wrong Because that would be awesome But um, th- the only other game I have to qu- a question about uh, In terms of uh, wins and losses Is this final game against Toledo What's the reality that you think We actually come in here and get a handed You know win
1: I think we do I think it's going to be crappy weather They love to throw the ball we have an experienced defense. We've only lost three three stars from last year. We have an arsenal of running backs like I said earlier. We're just I, I think we're going to win, honestly. This team is ex- it's more experienced than you think. We only lost a few players from last year. A team that went 13-0 and made it to the Cotton Bowl. That was it, you can't you can't take for granted experience, especially when it comes to college sports. So that's my opinion there. We throttled them last year.
0: All right, moving on from Western Michigan University football, we will be diving into that as weeks go on in terms of uh, uh, talking about what happened in the game, what's coming up next week. Um, we are the Western specialist, so that's something that we really want to focus on as the season goes on. But Matthew Stafford just signed the richest contract in NFL history, a five-year, $135 million contract with $92 million guaranteed overall and $60.5 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, this has come with some mixed reviews via national media, but I think a lot of Detroit fans are agreeing that this was a necessary signing and something that really needed to happen. Jarrett, what do you think about that?
1: I think people are idiots, honestly, that are saying this isn't a good, <laughs> a good signing. Either they're just trying to be controversial they don't know anything about football. Who's the highest-paid players in the NFL by position?
0: Uh, it uh, the
1: top five are quarterbacks. And most of these guys, if not all owners, didn't make the money that they made by making stupid decisions in their lifetime. So you need to pay the most important player to keep them around. And I, I don't know how it's, why it's so hard for Lions fans to remember the times when they were 0-16 and had Joey Harrington, Dante Culpepper, John Kitten quarterbacks. And then we look over and see teams like the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets who can't find, they would die. They would die to have Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. You can build franchise around quarterbacks. That's that's Quinn's job. So he signed his guy to a long-term deal. Now put the players around him.
0: What's the most upsetting is seeing some of these members of the media, like Carlos Menares of the Detroit Free Press, commenting, saying that this was a huge mistake and he thinks the Lions are going to kind of fall apart from it. I think there's there's a, there's a false entitlement with either members of the media or Lions fans thinking that this is like this is a bad move. I mean you go back looking at Detroit Lions quarterbacks through the years I'll start with just like the Barry Sanders era with Scott Mitchell, Eric Hipple, Eric Kramer and then you're moving into our era where it was Joey Harrington, Jeff Garcia, John Kitna but every single quarterback we've ever had was like a two or three year stint of up and down and up and down and then we signed Matthew Stafford, and we've seen consistency. He's the the single quarterback we've had in the past 20 years in this franchise that has been consistent in his starts, in his wins, his losses, his passing yardage, completion percentage, so on and so forth.
1: I so watched we're finally it.
0: seeing some consistency in the organization, exactly. and people are were upset about it.
1: I watched Dan Orlovsky run out of the back of the end zone for a safety, and I will never take for granted a quarterback after seeing that. Like, come on. Those those That was disgusting. Clickbait. And Jared Allen
0: was like just pumping his fist oh, as he did it.
1: <laughs> and we talked about those reporters earlier that we said you and I said that's clickbait. It's just it's idiotic. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Anyone that has any common knowledge about sports is gonna look at this signing and say, Yeah, they did the right thing. And I saw a stat online that said Breeze, Ryan and Rogers all have losing records against winning teams who in my opinion have significant teams around them.
0: I have yet to check that statistic of the he's like one in 40 or one in 50 against teams that finish 500. I have yet to check that the the validity on that statistic, but I find that so hard to believe that in his career he has only what like less than 10. Vict- I thought it was one, like five only a handful six. of victories against five, five and 46 against teams that finish 500 and above.
1: Against winning teams. Yeah, I think it's above five. I,
0: I, there's no way. It's got to be. There's no way. And if that is true, I'd like to see like an actual layout of those stats because it, I find it so hard to believe that he's lost every single game against teams that finished five hundred. and okay. when those took place because if he's losing in the beginning of the season or if he's losing at the end of the season is when it really matters.
1: But what makes me angry is when people say that he hasn't won a playoff game, the Lions aren't winning because of Stafford, the Lions haven't had a 100-yard rusher in over three years, I mean, last year they had the third most drops and the defense is just has never been good. They were decent 2 years ago I think it was, but they just can't get stops, they're injury ridden. It's it's not on the quarterback at that point. You have you can't This like we talked about when we were talking about Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas, that basketball is more of an individual sport where football, it, there's 11 players on each side. You can't just rely on one player.
0: It's a ton of team orientation. I think the big argument that a lot of people are putting on their back is looking at the highest-paid uh, player average per salary, and Stafford just doesn't have the the postseason or the Super Bowl wins to back it up. Um, ESPN's been tweeting out this picture like mad about Matthew Stafford is the highest-paid player in the NFL right now, has zero playoff wins. Um, looking at Roethlisberger and Manning coming in at 9 and 10, they have uh, four Super Bowl rings combined, and then Tom Brady, making only $15 million a year, has five rings. Um, but look who they have I think around when you're there. talking about how much – it's A, look who they have around them, but it's also look at how every single year these contracts are going up. Looking at the top five uh, highest contracts in the league, I mean, it's all quarterbacks, one of which is on a franchise tag, two of which have been signed in the past two years, Car and Luck. So, I mean, this is going to change every single year. A good point that Mike Villani made on 97 won the ticket the other day when this broke is saying that in two years when Matthew Stafford is no longer the highest-paid quarterback, Who's going to care about this? No. Nobody will care. I Oops. mean, we, his the way his contract is structured is that he's getting a ton of money. He only has a million dollars in base salary this year, but he's getting a ton of signing bonus. And for the next two years, he's going to make a ton of money. And then after that, it's going to plateau off to where we're going to be able to work with it. And he has twins. He needs, I mean, it's a million extra money. I know I I get that rhetoric. I know he needs twins, but I, the reason I disagree with that is because he doesn't need 150 million dollars to raise twins. Because people do it on a lot less. Babies crap a lot. But yes, babies. He said he's going to buy diapers with his money in the press <laughs> conference, and that's admirable. <laughs> but I think this is a good signing. Rob Parker on Colin Coward's show the herd of FS1 um, made a an absolutely ridiculous statement saying that Colin Kaepernick deserves this money and deserves this position more than Matthew Stafford and I highly implore and encourage all of those listening to this podcast to ignore and just get rid of that get out of get that out of your life and don't listen to that that sickening rhetoric because it's 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 bullying a political agenda and although I stand with the Colin Kaepernick ideals and I stand with the kneeling in the NFL that was trying to put a political statement in a uh, a spot that it didn't need to
1: be inserted. Stopped, yeah, can we stop talking exist. about Colin Kaepernick? And no, about,
0: absolutely not. We can't stop. That's going to gonna happen. More,
1: more important, you told me that the Lions have a top five receiving core. You stand behind that statement, or do you want to?
0: I would think so. I'll edit it a little bit. I'll edit it in saying that I'll expand it to a top 10. Okay, thank you. Because I, I said I will name seven or eight
1: right now that are better. Right now.
0: Yeah. I'll keep it in the top ten, but I think top five was more like emotion to where okay. I was like, yeah, they're top five. Because top looking three, at it, it's like this. we have
1: a- – Green Bay Pack. is is it better than Green Bay Packers receiving core? Yeah. No. Jordy Nelson is – Yeah. Randall Cobb. Yes. Okay, so the, you're saying the Packers is better than the Lions.
0: The Pack – no, I'm saying the Lions receiving oh, core oh is better God. than the okay, Packers. Okay,
1: what about the Falcons with Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones?
0: I think it's hard to say yes, because Julio Jones is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL behind uh, Antonio Brown. So I'll say no, but Mohamed Sanu is incomparable to any receiver on the Lions.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, New York Giants. Starting, starting receivers.
0: Starting receivers.
1: Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall.
0: No, the Giants have the best receiving
1: core in the league. Bucks, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans.
0: No, they, they're, like, they're right up there with the Giants.
1: So you're saying they're better than the Lions?
0: Yeah, the, the Bucks okay. are
1: better than the Lions. Oakland Raiders, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree.
0: I'm gonna say they're probably right on par. They're right next to one another. Amari Cooper's a solid wide receiver, but he hasn't shown up in what we in the at the capacity of which he should have showed up thus far. Would you
1: trade him straight up for Marvin Jones? Oh yeah. Okay. Would you trade him straight up for um, Golden Tate?
0: I don't think so. I think Gold wow. Tate's too valuable in this office. You're
1: lying. You're lying to the listeners right now.
0: No, no. That I want. Bronco. I love Amari Cooper, but
1: Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel
0: Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders is poo poo. Oh my god. But, Demary- no. <laughs> but Demarius Thomas, Demarius Thomas is the man. So you hear, you hear the filthy. I'll say the Broncos.
1: Out. He's in denial. He just, This is what he the says fil- to, to support the Lions. Ugh.
0: No, never. This is this is. This is legitimate. This is research-based opinions.
1: (laughs) I want to hear what Sly says. Oh, Sly's
0: going to burn me alive when he hears
1: this. (laughs) All right. I think we spent enough on Matthew
0: Stafford. Yeah, let's move on. I'll let you kick this off. I'll let you start because Jarrett's the fantasy king. Jarrett, I want to toss it over to you, but before you start, I want you to toss out your fantasy football uh, focus account information so people can follow you uh, as fantasy football time goes on.
1: All right, so follow us at Focus underscore Fantasy. Send us your questions. I'll, I'll quote it with some answers. Uh, hopefully we'll answer on the podcast. I'm up at 7 in the morning on Sundays because it's 10 o'clock Eastern time answering questions. So the, the account's been building. It's over almost over 2,000 followers. So we do give out good information. We do win our leagues from time to time. or right up there.
0: So kick it off and tell me. Uh, how your first draft went. I know we both conducted drafts in the past week. Um, we were kind of texting back and forth as I was going through my draft. But uh, give me your starting lineup first. Let's talk about starting lineups, and then afterwards we can kind of go into the bench as to where we got in deeper rounds.
1: So I had the fifth overall pick. We had to watch some golf open championship. We were each assigned a, a golfer. And by the way, he placed in his golf – in the I don't even remember which one. I think it was the British Open. Whatever they, they placed, that's how we decided our order. So I, I got fifth. And I realized that I wanted to get a good running back, but there was no running backs I was willing to spend a fifth, a fifth overall pick on. LaShawn McCoy, no thank you. So I went OBJ. I, ho- I hope he's going to be healthy. Then I got Brandon Cooks, Terrell Pryor. Um, I picked up Kareem Hunt as my starting r- running back. I got Bilal Powell. Uh, Matt Ryan is my starting quarterback. Jordan Reed is my tight end. and Then Jarvis Landry is my flex. So I went wide receiver heavy because I I just couldn't reach for a for a running back.
0: I'll be real when I say the the fantasy draft this year for running backs alone, if you don't get a running back in the first 5 picks, prepare to take a gamble on anybody you pick because it's so rookie heavy with the Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, and we're seeing them in starting roles and with no Ezekiel Elliott in the mix and having to rely on that Darren McFadden um I mean, it was it was so hard to pick a running back. And I kind of did the same thing. Uh, I had the second overall pick in a league to where our draft order was determined by uh, the NCAA March Madness. So I had second overall pick, and Le'Veon Bell was still on the board. And to be honest, I've never trusted Le'Veon Bell um, because of suspensions and injuries. So I took Antonio Brown.
1: You can't trust him at all.
0: And that's where I'm at, too. I got a lot of flack for taking Antonio Brown, but um, I went... Heavy, heavy, heavy on wide receivers. I mean, I'm looking at my starting running backs right now are Melvin Gordon and Darren McFadden. I did pick up Leonard Fournette before Darren McFadden, McFadden, but uh, I'm going to start McFadden first. Uh, So I have Antonio Brown and Brandon Cooks in my wide receivers. I do have Travis Kelsey. My flex is T.Y. Hilton. So, I mean, I'm pretty stacked in wide receivers. Um, but my running backs are kind of crap. This is only a six-man league, so consider that. Um, I'm going to be playing waivers like mad and playing my bench like crazy. I mean, I'm looking at Marshawn Lynch, Mark Ingram, Eddie Lacy on my bench for wide receivers, including Leonard Fournette. Um, so, running. I mean, I'm stacked and I'm loaded, but it's hard.
1: But what's good is, like, Doug Martin suspended for the first three games. So you have Jacquez Rodgers that could possibly just stay in the starting role. So, I got him. He's on my bench. Um Darren McFadden, like you said, he's going to be the starter for the first six games if he can stay healthy. And who knows what injuries could develop and other players you could pick up. So I was more willing to pick guys like Darren McFadden and jo- Jacques Rogers late versus picking Joe Mixon or um, Leonard Fournette. P- rookies, you don't even know how they're going to perform. And the reason I, I feel comfortable with Kareem Hunt is just because with Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense, they run the ball a lot. And then with uh, Ware going down that leaves a clear open path for him with all the touches. So the volume's going to be there.
0: I think Kareem hunt is a solid pick, especially for, uh, I mean, he was considered one of the higher priority running backs in the draft. I mean, we saw him a ton being in mid American conference football. I think he's going to be solid with that chiefs offense. And I actually tried to pick him up um, and I missed out on him by, I think it was like two picks. So I think you have a solid roster. Um. Do we want to talk questions first, or? Would... Yeah, I have a question for you. Did you get Corey Davis? No, I missed out on him. The one dude in my league who took him knows nothing about football. Um, I believe it's who it t- who took him, but he just took him because he knew it was good. He took him in like the fourth, fifth round. Oh, yeah, too early. And he was gone. I, right, me... I had eyes on him. I want him. I'm gonna get him in one of these two leagues.
1: Yeah, we can do questions. So Gwen, our former producer for the Western Herald podcast, said, what's my top priority when it comes to drafting? It's just a standard league. Do I go top quarterback first or stack up on wide receivers and stuff? We just talked about this, stack up on wide receivers. Pardon?
0: Did she say quarterback?
1: Yeah. Do I go top quarterback? Gwen, girl, what is you doing? She's going to have to clear it up because she's listened to us for two years talk about sports and fantasy and I I go yeah so go ahead and enjoy losing your league if you want to draft the top quarterback
0: (laughs) Gwen I picked there's so many. you could be in a 10-man league no if people in your league are picking two quarterbacks in a 10-man league then they're 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 insecure there's so many quarterbacks in this league to go around in a standard league
1: they're not drafting Andrew Luck because they don't know the what, what, it's, what he's going to be like is his injury status, but he could easily be a top five quarterback this year. And he's still probably sitting out there on waivers. He'll be
0: there. Give so, it to yeah. week four and he'll be there. I picked Marcus Mariota in the, literally the last round, the last. And guess who's still on the board? Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Andrew Luck, like the Tyrod Taylor, who's a solid sleeper to pick up off the waivers. Don't worry about quarterbacks. That's your last priority. Wide receivers and running backs are where it's at in fantasy football. Do not worry about the quarterback position.
1: All right. Moving on. CR Burton 512 he asked us some more questions. He said, "Great. Dude,
0: how- he's not allowed. He's not he's he's done. He needs to give us the password and login information."
1: Yeah, he might well I don't want his team. He asked he said uh <laughs> my team. His first pick was Amari Cooper. <laughs> his second cook. Did he say Did he say how deep it is?
0: <laughs>
1: how I deep think- is that league? Yeah, it's only 10 teams. Oh my gosh. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's it's a sick... I think... No. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's a, <laughs> a 10 team. I, oh I really hope okay. not. Oh my God. Uh, uh, th- yeah. <laughs> Amari Cooper, uh, Dalvin <laughs> Cook, Carlos Hyde. He had to write in Tyreek Hill. If you have to write a guy in in the fourth <laughs> round, you probably shouldn't be picking him. Russell Wilson, Tyler Eifert. If he's ever healthy again. Mark, take my job, Ingram AP. Uh, Jarvis Landry, please <laughs> trade me. This guy... Oh, my... C.R. Burton never asks a question Poo-poo. again.
0: Poopoo. <laughs> you have a poop. Tyreek Hill, you could have picked. Tyreek Hill would have been available in the 10th round. And you wrote him in in the 4th. <laughs> oh, my lord, dude. Didn't all Alright, Paul- C.R. Burton, 51. Uh, just delete your league (laughs) start over see if everybody else will agree to a redraft
1: (laughs) poor poor kitty like he asked for our advice so we just rip his team oh my god what else do we got is melvin gordon gonna be a top five running back this year is cr burton's team i hope because i picked them. is cr burton's team gonna win the championship (laughs) no here's your answer No. (laughs) All right, guys, please send us some better questions next week. These were pathetic.
0: I feel feel bad, dude. I'm sorry, C.R. Burton. I apologize, but (laughs) study. Do your research. Do your research.
1: All right, that wraps up the questions for this week. Like I said, send them our way at focus underscore fantasy, or you can follow my account, Jarrett, J-A-R-R-I-T-T underscore Orlando, Or you can follow the Bronco Blitz account. We're pumping out articles at WMU Rivals. So follow them all up.
0: You can follow the Stable Podcast on Twitter at Stable Podcast. It is a new account. Um, In one week alone, we've gotten 61 followers. So I would say that's. And all of them aren't our friends. Only some. Only like 25 followers are our friends. So I think we're, we're doing pretty good on the promotions and marketing side. Uh, follow Stable Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at BBUFFA underscore WMU. Um, shoot us questions. Shoot us concerns. Shoot us comments. Uh, let us know what's going on in your life. Uh, we just finished a giveaway for a Hard Cut Subs pre-workout. And uh, that I won't announce it right now because it was announced at the beginning of the podcast. I still have yet to record that, but I'll put it in there and uh we'll give that away and ship that out but make sure to follow we'll be doing future giveaways and future partnerships with a few people um but other than that another wonderful podcast tried to keep it a little bit short this week uh, in terms of everything we did but jared enjoy your time in los angeles
1: i will be safe to all the bronco nation out there
0: be safe be classy let's ride Ooh, he even throws in the new slogan Thanks so much, guys, for joining and listening to The Stable Podcast, and we will catch you next week. Go Lions! Deuces!